Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's episode. Hey, guess what? Before we get into it, you might have heard, I am drafted to the two Ramagpies as a part of the Carlton Draft. I'm going to be playing a game, dominating, kicking six, and then resetting at quarter time. For the first time in Carlton Draft history, one lucky Victorian women's community club will get the chance to draft the AFLW GOAT, Erin Phillips, to play as a wild card. How bloody good's that? If you want to enter this now to get her down to your football club, visit thecarltondraft.com.au. That's thecarltondraft.com. KO's got you covered this footy season with every game of every round live and ad break free during play. Wow, in the AFL this week, there are some huge games. Collingwood versus Adelaide, live with no ad breaks during play, exclusive in Victoria. Giants versus Bulldogs. Oh, I remember that game. I think it was 2016 at Giants Stadium to get the Bulldogs into the grand final. I will never forget that one. Live with no ad breaks free during play, exclusive in Victoria. And Essendon versus North Melbourne. Geez, that's the old Ben McKay Cup, exclusive to Fox Footy, available on KO. Don't forget those NBA playoffs. They are dominating at the moment. It is just getting bigger and better than ever. Watch every game of both Eastern and Western Conferences finals live with ESPN on KO. There's plenty of room for everyone, no matter what you want to watch. So get on board with KO, now also available on Hubble. Welcome back to the Dylan Friends podcast. This week, I've got a real treat for you, former Fremantle Docker and Gold Coast son Michael Mick Barlow. 141 games, 92 goals. This great man has gone on to do some awesome things. He's joined the media and he's a player coach at the Werribee Football Club. Mick comes on, he's super honest about the ups and downs of his career, being one of the first mature age recruits, the injuries he suffered, the grand final loss. We share some more delisting stories and my absolute favourite, some Ross Lyon specials. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Dylan Friends Podcast. My name is Deborah, Dylan's mum. Strap yourselves in for some light-hearted and wholesome fun. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Mickey Barlow, thank you for coming on Dylan Friends, mate. Dill, thanks for having me, mate. Uh, episode 35. 35. 35. Um, you told me late last year that I was coming on. <laughs> and you've since piped out, what, four episodes in between? Well, you were busy, mate. Uh, you were busy, and I'm busy. So um, we, we put that behind us, coronavirus and whatnot. Yeah. You know, the world's gone mad. Well, now that the coronavirus is, well, hopefully the uh, dram- drama around it is at its height, at yeah. its peak, um, and no one else come on, so here I am. <laughs> <laughs> Came in this morning, no one on the roads. It's... Um, uh, at least the traffic's cleared up for us. It definitely has. It's a good day to drive really? in. It's a good day to drive in. <laughs> now, mate, very, very keen to get you on the show. As mm. I said earlier, it's been a great, a great addition. Just a bit keener to get 34 other people. <laughs> <laughs> you can't have all the good ones first because if you get them all early, then True. later there's just nothing yeah. at the end. Yeah. Um, and you end up with hot dogs. You end up, with, you end up with Tommy Sheridan on again and it's just, yeah, that'll yeah. just be a real shock. That, that would actually be a good listen. Yeah, now, it's got good content. I would love to get. I'd love to get you on because you are the pioneer. You're a pioneer mm. in your own right. The pioneer of the mature age picks. Yeah, you so you like to claim that mantle? Oh, not not really. Other people claim it for me, but um, <laughs> I was. Yeah, well, I was like 21, and when I got drafted, literally when I when I got walked in the door at Freo, with like the other draftees, a um, few good ones like Nat Fife. Um, Who? Fifey. Oh yeah, Fifey. Sorry. Future, future Hall of Famer, greatest of all time. He, he doesn't want to come on this show, by the way, Fifey. <laughs> no, he wouldn't. No. He doesn't want but We'll talk about that later. Yeah, we will. So, <laughs> 21, Alex Silvani got picked up the same year. He was 20, 21, 22. And these young blokes just were so disparaging towards you in terms of, you know, you're, you're a fossil. You're yeah. so old. And you're 21 years old. 20, 
So as soon as I entered the AFL system, I felt, um, yeah, felt victimised from the young kids. <laughs> what, was, what was the reasoning, do you reckon, behind that? Like, obviously, you played footy. You weren't like mm. a mature age into the game. You played no, juniors. Played. You were a good junior. You were Assumption College yeah, boy. Yeah, Assumption. Um, Golden Valley. <laughs> Golden Valley Footy Governor, League. Governor of Golden Valley. The I've gov- heard the nickname the was. Governor of the Golden Valley, yeah. A couple of that's... Uh, I, I give myself a few nicknames, but that's not one of them. Um, but that's probably the most accurate. Uh, so, yeah, I played footy you know, since I was, like, like most people, since I could walk. Um, loved it, but just a late developer physically. Um, saw a picture of myself playing footy for Shep United recently um, yeah, when I was 18, 19 years old. And I had the puppy fat and I was... Yeah, n- not in good shape. I think I was enjoying the university lifestyle and SPC Fruit Factory. Did you ever go there? Yeah, of course. Well, it didn't look S- like it. <laughs> <laughs> I I used to. Um, well, yeah, when you're that age, you, you, when you're back home, you go out and enjoy the social life. And one of my f- greatest accomplishments was having a family meal to myself at Hungry Jack's yeah. the day after a day after a, um, a a bit of a carry on. So now that I understand diet. And uh, and you know what's good for you and 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 the like. It's uh, the body has has taken a better shape, and I'll probably enter yeah entering into my mid thirties. I'm thirty two, better than I was entering into my twenties. So yeah, I think a lot long long answer, but to finish off, it was just I just took my time to develop and understand what professionalism looked like, um, and probably didn't know my potential or, or capacity. Um, until others others didn't expose me to, to AFL opportunity. So you went from Shep to straight to Werribee. Was it straight to Werribee? Yeah, so I, I spent two years senior footy at Shep United whilst I was studying in Melbourne. Um, and then my first year had a really poor year. It was on the back of kind of the social stuff at uni and, and um, my first half of the year was really ordinary. And then the coach, Steve Hazelman, gave me a jab and said, mate, we'll drop you to the twos um, if you don't kind of put your finger out. So... Quickly pulled my finger out, cut it all back and had a good back half of that year. And then the second year I was playing senior footy at Sheffield United went, um, yeah, went really, really well, I suppose. Runner up in the league medal. Uh, Trent Hotton, former Carlton great like yourself, uh, won it. Great player. <laughs> no, Trent? Yeah, personally. <laughs> Don't look at me like that. So he was from Mansfield. He won it. Later in that year, I, I made like the Vic Country... Uh, t- squad for the um, to play the amateurs, big amateurs, and I was the last person cutting that. So by, around this time, it all happened pretty quickly. I was like, oh, I'm actually, you know, get, getting a good bang for buck here, and I'm kind of raising some eyebrows. But a, a bloke from Shep United called Craig Blizzard, um, whose son was a great. T20 cricketer in Victoria, Aiden Blizzard. Um, we love cricket here. Adam yeah, we Zamp, do. Mitch Mark. Yeah. Mitch Mark. Mitch, Mitch Mark. Mark. <laughs> yeah. And Zamps and, and Zamps all the crew. the boys. Episode 34. <laughs> Mitch Mark. That's so I, uh, Craig, <laughs> Craig got um, in touch. He, he had a few connections with AFL clubs, St Kilda North and Carlton. And they came down and watched, um, unbeknown to me, because I was uh, – it would have probably rattled me a little bit knowing clubs were coming to watch me play – in places like Euroa and Benalla. So they were watching you play in yeah. the country leagues? In, in, yeah. the, in, in those leagues. And um, at the end of the year, a couple of the recruiters said, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. And St Kilda kind of um, maintained the interest, invited me down to pre-season. And 
that that was the moment I was like, wow, it's 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 pretty cool. Like I was like, this is going to be fun. Six weeks and I, at that stage, I thought I was probably going to be out of my depth um, and just enjoy it for what it was. Do six to seven weeks um, training and then come out of it with the experience. But as soon as I got there, I kind of was exposed to it and saw I could compete. I was always really a pretty good natural natural runner, and that. Back in those days, it was pretty much your pre-season was running with a bit of skills attached at the end. Um, and, yeah, so didn't get picked up at the end of that and was devastated and wouldn't have forecasted being as devastated as I was until it happened. And, and from there it was, okay, what's going to give me my best chance to to get drafted? And Werribee um, were great. That had a really strong connection with the Murray Bush Rangers and country Victorians and I had a few mates that were already there and going there, so... Um, was a pretty natural fit. Just on that, so you, I didn't know you went to St Kilda, and that's interesting because yeah. around that time, a lot of good players there. Mm. Rui, Dal. Talk me through some of the blokes when you went down there, because I know, I, I, obviously, I know what it's like when guys come down. Yeah. And there's a lot of guys, you know, that they say don't meet your heroes. Yeah. Have you ever heard that quote? Uh, no. Okay. Well, that's a quote. Um, <laughs> and it, it doesn't apply to me because I'm such a good bloke. You know, people come up always keen to have yeah. a chat. Obviously, because it doesn't really happen that often, so I just take the, take it when it can. But I've heard a lot there was I don't meet your heroes because you these people love these guys they're mm. superstars of the game and you go what was that like for you down there was there guys that surprised you that they were good blokes or they surprised <laughs> that you know there was guys that didn't really give you the time of the day or? no it was all pretty much what I expected they were okay. too good for me Dad, yeah. Nick, Nick Del Sano still doesn't know my name to this yeah. day so <laughs> now you obviously mates with him yeah he walks. Uh, but you're right, you, you, you look at these blokes play on TV and even little things like when they put new boots on, like you're jealous. Yeah. And, and you feel when you're going to train from a country footy club to the big time, these guys get everything given. Um, yeah, they'll pull out the new footy boots and they'll have boxes and boxes of them and I've got you know holes in holes where my bunion pops out <laughs> and, uh, you know, no inner souls and, and all of that, so it was it was quite surreal. I used to love the boot bin at Carlton because mm-hmm. obviously sponsor, I was sponsored by Nike at that stage, yeah. and all my mates played footy. So as soon as someone would just oh, throw the throw boots out, out mm-hmm. they'd be straight in my backpack, and I'd just take them down to the boys and just hand yeah. them out. So I was a man. Yeah, well, yeah, that, that was, no one was giving me any. It's a killer. <laughs> so I was just, I was spending it for myself. I remember at the time actually I'd drive again at uni, no money, um, driving around mum and dad's car, and. Mum and dad, they tend to, like, being from the country, like you know, stickers on the back of cars. Yeah, Dylan Friends. Yeah, um, Dylan Friends, uh, whatever it is. I've handy. been to the Batuta pub or yeah. all that stuff. They'd have about 15 stickers on for over the past 15 years. And I was trying to get secure. It took me about four or five weeks to re- realise that mum, mum, mum was a uh, North Melbourne supporter. And she had a North Melbourne membership oh, sticker no. on the back. And I was parking in the car park for four or five weeks at the Saints. And I didn't think twice about it until um, I saw it. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of twigged that, oh, gee whiz, better get rid of that. But um, no, it was good good fun. And I remember on one of my first or second days, they were really good. The young bikes were, were brilliant because you trained for two weeks with the younger crew before the more senior players come. Come in, and you could you could even sense a shift when you know Goddard and Dale and Michael Gardner and all that roll back in for the the changing of the guard. You know that the, the young boys had, down, had, had, had run the <laughs> yeah. ruled the roost for the two weeks. That was our two weeks. See, BJ walked in, 
helmet, Brendan Goddard, and you have to weigh in in the morning and like like not like no awkwardness or anything. He just stripped right down till he was nude to strip off every bit of weight because you know you have to meet a certain type of protocol. <laughs> so he's like like he's weighing in for a, a title fight, um, and that was a moment where it's like, yeah, here we are. Yeah, here we are. You know, I've seen that before. I've seen I've showered with grown men before. Yeah, yeah. No, I was say, <laughs> don't tell me you're one of those like like Tommy Sheridan yeah. shares in his jokes. No, yeah, no, there's a bit of that going on. Though, yeah. isn't you're listening to the Dylan Friends podcast. For swag merch, check out dylanfriends.com forward slash shop. Now, we'll go through there. So you obviously at St Kilda, you don't get picked up. Yeah. You go to Werribee, you obviously have a stellar year. Mm. Talk us you through that. It, not me. <laughs> well, it's common knowledge. It's in the folklore now. It's history down there walls at Werribee. Yeah. But how does that end up transitioning to, to Freo? So, yeah, for, for went to Werribee for a year. Uh, well, two years. So my first year, St Kilda um, really thanked me for my time and and said, you know, like, we advise you go play VFL footy. Um, that's probably the question. Does you know you, you're really good and excel at that country football, but does it translate to the AFL league? So I, I you know, heeded their advice, went and had a look at a few clubs. Northern uh, Northern Bullants, you would have done the Northern Bullants jump 50, at some stage. Fifty-one games down there, my club champion. David Teague was the coach David starting Teague out. Is actually the coach of Carlton now. Yeah, as well. <laughs> <laughs> so he was the coach at the. And I have a connection with uh, Teague. He's from up my way. He, is he's from Catandra. He is Katandra. lovely man, Katandra. lovely family, brilliant yeah. family. Yeah. Um, so had a connection there. He was great. Um, went to Werribee, had a train there, and. Then the Scorpions were aligned with St Kilda, so they were keen for me to to stay there. Um, but I was pretty pretty keen to find my own way. Werribee had a part alignment with North, so I went went there. Saw probably more opportunity to to play there. Saints said, "We'll ring you at the end of the year if you have a good year." Bloody team of the year, didn't I? For the first year at Werribee, standard and put the phone down for four or five weeks at the end of the season, wait for this phone call. No reception. Well, maybe. <laughs> Maybe I hadn't paid my bill. No, well, anyway, long and short of it, no call. Well, no voice message. At least telegram me if you're going to find a way. So that, that came and went. And, I was again, I was pretty disheartened because I'd translated, you know, I wasn't hugely dominant, but I played half forward, had to kind of learn a new role, kicked kicked um, probably 30-odd goals and, and still got a bit of the footy at half forward. So translated my form somewhat to the VFL and um, yeah I probably thought that was enough you know to to warrant an opportunity but in hindsight it, it probably wasn't but being having knowing the AFL system now and you'd probably be similar you, in those early days I was taking everything to be gospel so go have a good year and we will ring you mm. um, but then you know now knowing the AFL system it's, it's there can be a lot of uh Blurred, mixed blurred discussions, yeah. mixed dis- mixed messages. What should you call them? Especially mixed messages, mixed messages. <laughs> just, you know, yeah. So, and, and I look at the, the the talent pool nowadays. You know, there's probably eighty to hundred players that get picked in drafts or, or rookie drafts, and and um, however many apply, like three thousand, four thousand. So, uh, yeah, had to had to wait it out for another year. Next year at Werribee, um, my coach Simon Atkins kind of said, let's. Let's play you everywhere. Get your get your different skill sets, and from there had a had a nice had a good year. Again, and what got, year was this? Sorry, this was oh nine. Oh nine. Okay, 
got pipped in the like Trent Hotton pipped me in the GVFL league medal. Bloody Miles Sewell got me this year, didn't he? Sully? Sully, yeah. He'd um, got the three votes in the last round to to leapfrog me. Miles Sewell was a... North Ballarat. North Ballarat. Brother of Brad. Right, yep. So he um, he pipped me, but uh, made sure the phone bill was paid at the end of that season. Good. Made sure I was near near the uh, you know the highest phone tower in Shepparton. <laughs> and the phone rang, Dill. The phone rang. Frio? Frio were a bit... And again, this is an interesting discussion around how, how different clubs do it. Frio were, I had, I think, 10 clubs ring. There was probably three or four that were constant. Popular. Constant dialogue, you know, going in, having meetings, medicals. Frio rang once, I reckon. Uh, had a strange discussion. And again, mixed messages Ross? came through. Ross? No, it was Mark Harvey at the time. Mark Harvey, mm. former Essendon baby bomber. Current Essendon now as well, assistant coach. Player, sorry. Great man. Yeah. Biggest calves you've ever seen, Mark Harvey. Bigger than Dimmer Hardwick. I haven't seen Dimmers in the flesh. Neither, but I've just heard they're big. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, just the recruiters rang me from Freo. Okay. And then, um, yeah, got rookie listed to to Freo in 09, going into the 2010 season. It's, it, mate, it's an incredible story, especially the resilience. I love it. Mm. Just keep backing up, keep backing up. Um, something I definitely struggled with <laughs> early days was just that exact thing like getting dropped saying go and do this and I was just at that time I was young I was like oh stuff these guys I don't know anything but mm. I, I honestly say pull out your Northern Knights tape and show them I did what they're plenty missing. of times they said look mate we've seen it but you've got to do it you've got to do it consistently yeah, I said ah oh, <laughs> consistency is overrated overrated mate don't worry about that um, <sighs> but no it is I, did, I think like talking about those young guys coming through it is just he's got to stick to it don't you yeah absolutely it's and now that I'm back at Back at Werribee, and I'm really passionate about you know developing those younger players to give them the opportunity, especially at that um, semi-professional level, state league level, because I can get a bit biased, and uh, I try not to get too wound up talking about. It, but I think within the VFL, I see players that have a skill set that can easily translate to the AFL competition. Mate, and- there was plenty of blokes that I played again I played 51 games of EFL and mm. by means like, probably half of them weren't great mm. and there was guys that I was playing against going you know like, these guys probably are better than me mm. like and they they were good guys and that, yeah. it, maybe that's my mindset that didn't well, go but there is some guys there that are hungry yeah. and if you're playing VFL and you're not on the list my respect for you is incredible because yeah. it's a tough gig oh 100% so it's and again that that's something yeah where, where I'm in awe of, of having a nine year AFL career and then coming back and watching these guys, you know, butter up labourers or or um, trade well tradies, and then, and then the nine to five guys that are working all day and um, pop out to training, and then you know we've got to find a balance as coaches within the state league to make sure we're not that we're upholding a certain standard to make sure we can be the best we can mm. without break without killing these guys. Yeah. So that you know we try and get them out of there by um, eight eight fifteen. Every night, they'll get there at 5.30. So that's an extra three hours, and they'll commute home. Their head's hitting the pillow, you know, at 10, 10.30 after yeah. hardly having any sort of um, any any time to themselves or their partners for three nights a week. So, uh, And then to see what they put out on game day, we had Tom Gribble, who won the JJ Liston last year. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if he's not as, as good as some midfielders playing AFL footy at the moment, I'm, I'm not here. Um, and 
you know, the knock, knock on a guy like him. There's always a knock, I feel, on Everyone's those VFL guys. Though, like, Whereas sometimes when you come out of the under-18 system, there's always it's the height. Yeah, it's, 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 yeah, there's something that's keeping them on a list. Yeah. Whereas those guys that kind of put out a body of work within the state league um, programs, there's that one thing that's holding them back. They might have nine things going for them, but it's, you know, Tom Gribble has a knock on his kicking, but he's improved that um, three or four times over, I think, since since Mark Williams has come and coached him. And, and do you know something that always sort of rattles me with the draft? And this is, well, we didn't plan to talk about this, but basically you look at recruiters, and I'm not pigeonhole, uh, pigeon, what's that word? Pigeon, holding. Holding, pigeonholing, them. Yeah. But a lot of these recruiters are just like these guys, like strange sort of guys that pick up people. Like they just watch kids for a living. Yeah. It is a sort of like... Got to be careful. Yeah, I, I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> <laughs> but like... You're listening to the Dylan Friends Podcast. Watch your mouth, dickhead. What I'm trying to say is, and I'm not I'm not saying that because they haven't played AFL, mm. like they haven't done these things, but you take you clubs are putting a lot of trust in recruiters with Yeah this when they actually literally haven't really done yeah. hold on so I know that. But anyway, it's it's another topic for another time. Yeah. I want to talk about Fremantle because we're going on a tangent. The story here, we could talk for years, but mm. you get to Fremantle, your career there was I don't Obviously incredible. You nearly won a Brownlow medal in 2000 and... Well, that gets hyped up. I never never was really No, come on. I think I was the favourite at one stage. You 2010. The... 2010. So, 2000... Your mate won it, Juddy. Juddy, yeah. Should have been rubbed out, by the way. Yeah, what was it chicken wing, was it? No, you whacked Pav. Yeah, remember that. <laughs> Should not have done <laughs> were that. You playing, were you out there? Uh, I was, yeah. Yeah, I was. Corporate function. Corporate function. I was hosting something there. <laughs> um... So talk us through the the start. I, I want to talk about look, the the rise of your career was incredible because mm. you sort of came in straight away and started just getting these incredible possessions. Mm. And everyone was like, hey, you know, how's this guy coming in and averaging this and doing that? And I was trying to research this ten minutes before we came on the show. Mm. But the inj- the setback of the injury was that pre grand final. Uh, the broken leg. So I broke my leg twenty ten. So it was. So yeah. So my first year. Yeah. So halfway through that first year. Um, yeah, broke broke the leg and probably took two years kind of to get better. Got yeah. back playing after one. That was talk us through that. That yeah. was um, it all happened really. It was round thirteen or fourteen, and like life was unbelievable. I, I, I probably you know something that has helped level me out across my AFL career is injuries and you know getting getting delisted. Like the ups and downs of that. You always I always try and gravitate back towards centre, regardless of how good or, or shit at times you're feeling. I love that. You, have you, the equilibrium? Do you know that? Well. Have you heard of the equilibrium? I just made You, you pretty much just made it up. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually called the equilibrium. Yeah. So it's the, equilibrium is the, is the, the money spot. So that's in the middle. Yeah. I'm going to post this on the Instagram. The equilibrium, this is what I love living by. So you want to mm. always bring yourself, like there's good things up top. Yeah. And there's bad things down. down the boot. So you always want to, no matter if you're going really well. Things are going really well. Bring it back down to the to the middle. Things are going really bad. Bring it back up. Go. You're never going as good as you think. Yeah. Never going as bad as you think. Yeah. There's a Ross Lyonism, and that guy, and we'll talk about Ross. Oh, I'm we sure. Yeah. We're probably probably he's um, <laughs> some of the wisdom he's put in front of me, and put me at the bottom end, mostly at the bottom of that equilibrium, and he tested me to get back to the middle of the equi- <laughs> equilibrium. Um, but he practiced what he preached. He said, "Look, I feel like shit, but I'm going to bring myself back here." Yeah, well, I was flying high. I was happy as Larry. I was playing AFL footy, playing well. We were going well. I think we are in the top four. Um, 
And so I didn't know any other any other being an AFL footballer. That I didn't know any other existence than kind of playing, enjoying the hot light, getting a game every week, not worrying about selection. Um, had never I, never been injured before in my life before this day. And I said that. Listen to this. This is talking about the equilibrium. Standing around in the change rooms for the game, there's always a big line for physios before games. I said, why does everyone need so much physio and taping? And so I said, I said this. I said, I've never been injured. I've never missed a game in my life. And three hours later, I was to break my leg horrendously. You, um, didn't, just, you didn't just break it, though, nah, did you? you so I snapped you, it pretty <laughs> significantly. But I'll, I'll always remember, I'd never been as clear on a footy field as that moment that it happened. And um, Dylan Robert and, and Pav combined through the middle of the ground. We're up by 40 points. There's about a minute to go. And I was thinking, I remember thinking, my super brothers, coach, super coach. my brothers were over. <laughs> I was thinking, super coach. cash cow, cash cow. <laughs> I was thinking, um, you know, oh, how good's this? Like, our oh, family's here, we'll go out for dinner tonight, um, have a couple of beers and, like, show, show them around Frio and all that. And, like, cause I was loving a lot. Mm. And the kick skewed off the side of the boot. And I think it was, uh, no, he kind of pulled the kick and I kind of went back. And as I went, back I was thinking all this clear stuff and then yeah obviously the collision happened and I remember I knew that something was pretty pretty wrong but I refused to let myself think that so that's why I jumped up and looked down and as soon as kind of any weight went through it it veered off um, but veered off and then the stretcher came out they gave me the green whistle and now whenever I see someone get that green whistle you know like ever if I'm ever in Watching with any, like sport with any any other people around, and it's a bad injury. And you know, whenever a bad injury happens, everyone's like, "Oh, everyone's heart sinks." The room the air comes out of it. But then I see them driving off with the green whistle, and I, I look at people and say, "Feel sorry for them in about two or three weeks. Don't feel sorry for right. them now. <laughs> they, they are about to have the time of their life for the next the next thirty to forty minutes." <laughs> We were talking about this earlier off, off air. One of, I probably shouldn't say this, but I will. Um, one of the boys was saying that game uh, that we're playing together, we'll talk about this later, but in the mm. knee fall playing and the guy hurt his, uh, Lockie Tiziani, yeah. one of the great players, hurt his knee. Yeah. So he had the green whistle. And in this game, I'd copped that corky oh. that was embarrassed. Do you want me to tell that story? Maybe you tell a story about the corky. Yeah, you, go, well, you tell a story. Some, to give it some context, uh, Dill and I somehow found ourselves out of the teams, <laughs> respectively at GWS and Gold Coast. Blockbuster. So, so <laughs> we're playing the reserves game, and where else do they want to put it but Mackay? Mackay. Let's fly these guys to Mackay as if they're not having enough bloody demons in their lives that they're playing reserves for these expansion clubs. <laughs> they send them to the Mackay. Mackay. So where is Mackay, by the way? It's some North Queensland. North Queensland. Yeah. Like, it, it was a. And you would have thought the coronavirus was out there. There was literally not one person in the crowd. Well, they'd all come to watch the <laughs> Yapoon Swans play the Mackay Hawks in the in the curtain raiser, and then they'd all pissed off. But anyway, we played there, and um, it was, yeah, the ball got kicked up, and there was a big collision. I'll, I'll give you that much. There was a big collision, about six or seven players involved, three red and three white, so three suns, three giants. Only five emerge from the pack and get up. A couple of a little bit hobbled, but off they go following the ball. One of the white players, who is the Giants player, stayed down and was motionless. 
And everyone, actually, then the, the game came to a halt nearly, and everyone's like, oh, is he all right? Looked over, number 43, looked up my record. And they didn't you have a record, six actually. at this stage. <laughs> yeah, it was Dill Buckley. And um, he, he'd finally got up, so he's moving, but he was still on his all fours or on his ass. And then I was running onto the ground because we made an interchange, and Dill had the double trainer hook <laughs> under his legs. No stretcher, but he had the double. He was in the armchair getting carried off with the grimace on his face. And I was like, shit. Oh, I felt for you because I was like, oh, he's done his knee or he's broken a leg or he's he's absolutely cooked his ankle. Corky. Corky. <laughs> I'm gonna get the, I've got the vision of that. Okay, when you see it, don't judge because it was, it was a car crash. Now... You spoke at your moment before, so have some respect, okay? That was my moment. That was my injury, and I was thinking, am I going to live through yeah. this corky? Yeah. So anyway, post that, obviously I'm in some, I'm in a world of hurt. I've just been hit by a truck in the, in the quad. I've just been carried off the ground. I and also leave. to give it some context, it, the likelihood to be hit by a truck in that game Gold Coast, we, I think we had four or five listed players and the rest were the under-16 squad yeah. for the Gold Coast Academy. So if yeah, I'm look. playing the averages, you've been not cleaned out by a 15-year-old. Yeah, look, <laughs> let's, not, let's not make it any worse than it was already. But um, one thing that did make it better that night was, and unfortunately for Lockie, he yeah. hurt his knee and he was on the whistle. So I've gone in there and just icing up and having a chat with him and he looked like he was having some fun on that. And I thought, might as well give it a bit of a suck myself. <laughs> It's uh, it's good stuff. Was that? That's where, well, yeah. I don't uh, don't endorse doing it when you don't need it. Oh well, you. I did need course. it, mate. I got hit by a truck. I'm telling you right now. I was in some a world of hurt. Mm. I was in a world of hurt. Mm. Um, and that was at the Mackay uh, Airport Hotel. They put us up at the hotel. I've oh. never flown into a flown into a play a game. Usually, you fly in. You're like, right, team assembles and we jump on the bus and go to the hotel. I said to the team manager, I was like, where's the bus? She goes, don't need one. The hotel's just there. Across I'll the, never forget that. that across was the, the zebra crossing at the airport. And, and then we walk and in and got GWS are there as well. We were staying at the same hotel and they it was one kitchen. There was one um, dining area. So they put up like this like little door, uh, a wall, like <laughs> a makeshift wall so it. that we couldn't like see each other. It was the it was weirdest a thing I've ever seen. It was I've like the walls we had at boarding school. <laughs> makeshift. <laughs> You're listening to the Dylan Friends Podcast. Check out more eps at dylanfriends.com. Back to the Fridays. I want to, I want to talk about um, the Premiership. Sorry. Oh, I'm walking out. I didn't, didn't actually, win one. That was, that was bad. <laughs> that was actually wasn't, that wasn't, a, that wasn't planned. I want, to talk about, I want to talk about the grand final and obviously didn't go the way that mm. you wanted. But that year... <laughs> It didn't go the way they wanted. <laughs> that didn't. That's right. It's, it, you know, if it went the way you wanted, you would have won. Which would have been yeah. still wearing my premiership medal. Exactly. Yeah. But that year, and probably even over that time, like Frio's dominance was huge. Yeah. Talk us through that day because we've heard the story from Tommy Sheeran's point of view. He reckons he was a chance to only rock up yeah. and, and play. Yeah. What's, Could have what's been the your? What, I know about that. <laughs> what's your memories? Uh, <clears throat> the whole week was surreal. The whole month, I suppose. We started out. I think we finished fourth. Had to go to Geelong, much publicised game in Geelong. First final played Which there. is nearly a podcast in itself. Yeah. That's a huge... It, the, the, I found myself watching Ross Lyon press conferences. I don't do it that often. Can we give a bit of context to that? Because 
Fremantle had to go to fly to uh, Avalon, Avalon, which was in Geelong. So yeah, play them yeah. because some rule with Geelong wanted to play at Skilled Stadium. Yeah. But this is a massive. This is to get into the grand final. To do nah, this. so this is top. So was this it? is to get a home prelim. Oh, so home win prelim. this. So we we essentially, if it's Collingwood, Richmond, as we've kind of seen within the last six months, if Geelong, and I'm I'm kind of on as long as it's uh, uniform. Geelong should, if they finish on top of the ladder, they should get a home home uh, final, but it shouldn't be circumstantial as to who they're playing. So Frio finished fourth, whereas if Collingwood finished fourth, no way they're playing at Skilled Stadium. But anyway, play it, uh, go down to Skilled Stadium, fly into Avalon. That week, without a mentor or coach like Ross Lyon, um, you know, we would have found it incredibly difficult to win down there. Talk to the mentality what he did. Because the papers say, you know, they've won 56 of the last 57 down there or whatever it is. That won't be exactly right, but something around that. Um, all the papers are talking about, you know, Geelong will win this, so it'll be about the next week, Collingwood, whoever they play. That's all the, the media circus was mm-hmm. around. And I remember Ross earlier in the week goes, this is the scenario. You'll be playing in Geelong. We'll be playing in Geelong. Yeah, we don't like it. We've put in uh, you know, rest assured, we've put in complaints and, and doing things behind the scene to let let you know authorities know that, or well, the the hierarchy know that we can't be pushed around like this. But it's out of our control. He goes. So at the end of the day, we've got to attack this man, this week like it's um, you know us. It's twenty two versus thirty five thousand or whatever it is. Goose. I just got goosebumps. Yeah. Oh, and I did too. He goes. It's. I remember him saying. He goes. Whenever. And there was so much throughout the week where he just, you know, drip-fed stuff into you where you're like, I was so confident going into this game. Mm. Even to the point where he used to say that there's a world record for amount of out on the out on the full kicks in this pocket to compared to every other ground because teams go down there and don't know that that's a shallow pocket. Yeah. So drip-fed stuff in. Was there one that he was saying, I'm probably, I don't want to take up a mm. but there's a one where he was saying, use their... Booze yeah. as like a yeah. So use their booze as a trigger. When yeah. they boo, you go harder. Yeah. When 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 they boo, you lock eyes with one of your teammates and you commit to something. Oh, so it was one of those where, like games. It's a, it's the most memorable game I've ever played in. A, a lot of players that played in the the grand final remember the Sydney game again, the prelim to get in, mm. um, which was as as uh, exciting and as kind of. But it didn't have that edge on it where, you know, this it was borderline garbage how they treated us in terms mm. of the, the, even the papers in Geelong were saying, what was it? Uh, something a docker, boo a docker. Or, it was like a, a slogan for them. And um, and I remember we start, didn't start that well first quarter. And again, this is Ross's genius. So he drip-fed all this stuff in during the week. He said, this is, this is our plan. This is how we're going to try and beat them. But... It was more about your mindset in terms of embrace this challenge, like do it with a smile on your face, running down the down the race. Don't be daunted. Like, like there's not not much to lose here. Um, and the game had a lot of theatre in it as well with Crowley and Steve Johnson. Yeah. I think he went to Matt Stokes first, and Johnson had twelve and kicked two in the first quarter. Man, you have both podcasted Stevie He's J. A great, great, great man. He's a great. So man. he kicked kicked two and had twelve, and he was carrying on a bit. <laughs> And he got up in Crowley's face and Crowley's goes, mate, um, I'd stop dominating because they're just going to put me on to you. And Stevie J was up and about and then 
crowds went to Stevie J for the second, the th- second, third, and fourth quarter, and you know locked him out of it. Essentially, uh, essentially, a bit of theatre behind the scenes with was that the the game where they're shaking the slap? Yeah, the, the slap. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anywho, it was a, a, just a memorable experience that game to to win. We started this is last thing I'll talk about it. But first quarter we were down, and again you come in, you kind of built yourself up for a week. You're like, oh, maybe it, maybe it's maybe it's not meant to be today. Like it. it you shouldn't have those sorts, but yeah. well, you're looking for answers. Yeah. And Ross just kind of brought us in and said, look, he pointed to the stats. He said, look, it's we're winning this, we're winning this, we're winning this. And the, the theme for the rest of the game was when, you get, when, you, when you're under pressure with the ball or when one of your teammates is under pressure with the ball, someone just go and get in their face and just give it to him. And then he'll be under pressure and then eventually we'll get out. Um, and I remember the set, it was, yeah, I think it was... There was a lot of the coachability of the group, so for a coach just to be able to say that and 22 blokes to jump on board, it's pretty special, but also uh, you know, his calmness throughout the week, the way he led that ship for the week, I think he would be pretty proud of that game and that group that played, um, as I was to be involved. So that was a very, very special day. So from there, we get a home prelim and um, beat Sydney pretty comfortably and, and go into a granny. What is the, it's probably, it is probably hard to talk about, but what is the memories of grand final day? Um, yeah, it's not not super hard as I clear my throat. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, I feel the whole it was just an amazing experience. The, the build up, the week going to the airport, you felt like uh, you know you were One Direction, even though we did have a, a member of One Direction in Lockie Neal with us, so <laughs> they might have misconceived who it was. It was chaos. We got security guarded through. Felt like there was more Fremantle people and Hawthorne people at the, at the parade, um, and. Again, that week we were encouraged to enjoy it and take it in and not to shut it all out. Um, I would do some things differently, I think, during that week if, if I was given the – well, if, if I was to go back in time. Um, very subtle things. But in terms of uh, the occasion, like in, in my mindset, I was just like, we're going we're gonna to win this. Like it's pretty exciting. I remember walking out of the hotel room in the morning thinking, I'm going to come back a premiership player. Like mm-hmm. I had a huge self-belief um, – and then the first, you know, you will go out for the first warm up, and there's seventy thousand people in the stands. And again, you're encouraged to take it in and enjoy that one, um, because then, you know, when we were to come out ten minutes before the game, that's when we were locked in. And and we were. I felt like we were, we were on. We were, everything seemed seemed like it was going to go okay. But Hawthorne were just really well drilled for the day. The first quarter, I think, was where it was won and lost. They just controlled the ball. And saying that, they wouldn't give it back. We had to a us. lot of. There was a, the talk of those like a lot of missed shots on yeah. goals as well. Like you could have kept sort of in that game. Richard is you mm. know our Sandman here that's in the mm. studio. He's a unfortunately a massive Hawks supporter. Mm. So first of three for Rich. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it wasn't like the game was not. I don't think nah. it was, definitely wasn't over in that. Yeah, we we just didn't we didn't take opportunities. Um, I remember I had a I think I had a first shot for the game, and it was from about fifty and. No, I, I'm not just saying that. I reckon 12 months later, I make the distance. I, it gets touched on the line. And again, this is way back to four years earlier. I'd broken my leg. Yeah. and I'd, It did take that long to get my power back in kicking. And not to say I was a, a tremendous kick, but you know, I kicked it from 50 and it got touched on the line by, uh, might have been Brian Lake, who just was everywhere that day, mm-hmm. even at, until 4 a.m. when I saw him out the front <laughs> of uh, 161. <laughs> so, <laughs> so... We, me and Zach Dawson got out of the taxi that night, and 
there was Brian Lake, Norm Smith clanging against his mm. premiership medal. And um, from then on, we call him Normie. For the rest yeah. of the night, we call him Normie. But mm. yeah, we're jumping around a bit. But in, in, in essence, Hawthorne were really well planned that day. They controlled the ball. So they first quarter, they knew our one would was when teams tried to handball and get in motion and we'd just swarm them. So Alice Clarkson was like, all right, Birchall, just hit little 45 kicks. Yeah. If you see something open, hit it. And, and we were just starved of the ball. And I think in grand finals especially, when there's players like Ballantyne, Walters, um, you know, Fife, guys that can really get up and about if, if they're given the opportunity to pressure and harass and get their hands on the ball, we just weren't allowed to do that. And it took us probably until the third quarter to, to go on a little run and feel like we were, we were on the tipping point of taking it over. And then again, Hawthorne's experience and, and ability to just shift the momentum and, and know they didn't have to blast us and try and fight fire with fire um, was probably the difference. Hello, my beautiful friends and family. Guess what? I am back. I am back. Third time lucky. My third time drafted in my life. I'll be making a return to footy as a part of the Carlton Draft, along with some big household names. Not as big as my name, but uh, some quite big names. Isaac Smith, Trent Cotchin, Matty Lloyd, Lee Montagna. Some of the all-time greats of our game, as I've just mentioned. One lucky Victorian women's community club will get the chance to draft the AFLW GOAT, Erin Phillips, to play as a wild card. How bloody good is that? If you're a part of women's community footy and you are keen to get Erin down, enter now at thecarltondraft.com.au. That's thecarltondraft.com.au. KO's got you covered this footy season with every game of every round live and ad break free during play. Wow, in the AFL this week, there are some huge games. Collingwood versus Adelaide, live with no ad break stream play, exclusive in Victoria. Giants versus Bulldogs. Oh, I remember that game. I think it was 2016 at Giants Stadium to get the Bulldogs into the grand final. I will never forget that one. Live with no ad breaks free during play, exclusive in Victoria. And Essendon versus North Melbourne. Geez, that's the old Ben McKay Cup. Exclusive to Fox Footy, available on KO. Don't forget those NBA playoffs. They are dominating at the moment. It is just getting bigger and better than ever. Watch every game of both Eastern and Western Conferences finals live with ESPN on KO. There's plenty of room for everyone, no matter what you want to watch. So get on board with KO. Now also available on Hubble. Mm. Alrighty, guys, do me a favor. My mate's up in Sydney. At the world-renowned Batuta Advocate, I've started a new podcast. It's free and exclusively on Spotify. It's called Generation Batuta, and it's set in the local Batuta station, Desert Rock FM, coming live each week, released on Friday. Before Dad tucks you in tonight and gives you a kiss on the lips, make sure you check it out. G'day, listeners. Louis Burke here with Generation Batuta, the stories that matter to you and the other five members of your share house. Open your ears and blow your minds as our weekly youth program brings you stories about pill testing, climate change, and a cheeky story about sex to make sure you listen until the end. I am, you are, we are, Generation Batuta. Generation Batuta. Tune in now on Desert Rock FM, or if you don't live in Batuta, listen free, only on Spotify. And there it is. I love it. And even better, it's free, but only on Spotify. Illy. You're listening to the Dylan Friends Podcast. We talked about Ross Lyon. You said that the masterclass mm. earlier with against the Cats. I love Ross Lyon. Uh, yeah, he's amazing. I love him. Going into the media this year, he's going to show some people the side that a lot of, and that's a a lot of us have come to know and love. Now... I've worded you up to prepare some things for me because I there's not there's not much more I love than Ross Lyon stories. 
What have you got for us? Um, and one, one of my favourites was there. He can be quite condescending. When I say quite, very, very would be the word. <laughs> my 2013 Premiership, uh, well, Grand Final year, we started uh, pretty well. But I remember I copped a spray after every every game for the first six games. And I was living with Lee Spear at the time. We actually started a book. And we'd get home from the game and we'd write in the book what I got sprayed about. And round one um, was... I remember round two was I played on when it was a free kick for the Bulldogs and gave away a 50. <laughs> and Ross didn't kind of let me know during the game that he was angry. He waited until after the game when he's walking through the change rooms and I was getting changed. And I was just in my socks and he caught eyes with me through the Marvel Stadium change rooms in the hallway. And he wasn't deterred by the fact I was naked, barring <laughs> my socks. And he came over and locked eyes and let me know in no uncertain terms that he thought I was um, selfish <laughs> in terms of how I couldn't have heard the whistle and known it was there for a kick. And did I feel better about myself? I can guarantee you I didn't after he walked away. <laughs> And that was round two then. I think round six, I gave away another 50 and we lost to Essendon. And so in the book, it said, uh, Mick feels better, Mick and his big mouth, because I back chatted the umpire. And so, yeah, we had six, seven pages of quotes, <laughs> Ross Lyon quotes in this book. But uh, my favourite um, of all time was he, He we played uh, Geelong, I think in Geelong, got absolutely pumped. Uh the virus going through the team that week not many we had a few out um, but so a few younger players got an opportunity I think Tommy Sheridan even started on the wing so yeah. unheard of he's he, been depleted <laughs> <laughs> so this young player who will remain unnamed but I'll give some hints as to who it is as I go he plays his first game it's exciting his family's there no um, and yeah, he, he did some good things he did some he, he did some nice things in Ross terms but on review of the tape, Ross came in and he pretty much walks into the room, did his entry, everyone's sitting in their seats, and goes, where, where is he? Oh, there he is. Points at the player and goes, first game, well done, yeah, yeah. happy? With his, yeah. <laughs> the, 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 player, the player in question is like, yeah, yeah, oh, no, oh, yeah, would have liked X, Y, Z. Goes, okay, um, what are you weighing now? He goes, oh. 85, really proudly, the player. 85 kilos. What'd you come in at, Ross? He goes, oh, 75. 10 kilos. Starts clapping. 10 kilos. That's huge. So he goes, you're doing your weights? You're doing your deadlifts? And I can't, on, on a podcast, you can't see, but I'll, he was what, doing the actioning. Action? Yeah. Ross was actioning the deadlift. <laughs> so, so you're doing your deadlifts? And the player in question who's actually gone on to do some pretty special things, and he's got a fair opportunity ahead of him in another sport coming up. Oh, okay. Um, o overseas. Yeah, I think I know yeah. who this is. So anyway, he's doing his deadlifts. And, and yeah, yeah, Ross, I'm doing my deadlifts. <laughs> he goes, uh, you, you eating your tuna? <laughs> so he's, got the, he's got the crackers out and he's opened the tin of tuna. You eating your tuna? Yeah. And by now, everyone's like, oh, no. where's this going? He goes, oh, brilliant. Claps again. He goes, well, I've watched the vision. All this stuff, worth a pinch of shit. If you're going to, jump out of the way when the contest comes. And the player in question still is like, like 
startled and everyone's nearly losing it. He's like, jump out of the way. And then he locks eyes again, Ross, with the player. And he goes, no, mate, you jumped out of the way. And then Ross proceeds to actually do a little jump. Kangaroo pop. (laughs) (laughs) And he goes, oh, God. This poor, poor kid um, playing his first, might have been, he'd played maybe a couple, but um, that was as good as you've ever heard from Ross behind closed doors. And there's a really good mate of mine as well, Nick Lower, who um, got picked up from the Sandful. Got got picked up from the Sandful. Came to um, came to Freo. I, I immediately became really good mates with him. Even on even though day one of training, when back when sparring and boxing was big oh, on a that. Friday Arvo. Hated that. And Lowey needed a partner, and I was like, oh, I'll go with the new guy. And so the new guy got got in there. And you know when you're boxing or sparring as footballers, you're pretty much just standing there. Just Lowey jumped in, and he starts loosening the shoulders. Oh. And he starts just switching his stance between normal and southpaw. Muhammad and Ali gives me a, gives me a, gives me a um, left right, and my nose nearly breaks. A fair target he had, mind you, but <laughs> streaming out blood. And, and anyway, me and Lowy become very very good friends that day forward somehow. But Lowy was one of his whipping boys, and match simulation training would come. And when you when you do match simulation, you get the magnets go on the board. They say, all right, this team in. Normal jumpers, this team in bibs. The bibs were always the twos. Yeah, no. Me and Lowy were always in the twos. Very familiar with the bibs. The bibs. <laughs> You'd have to put the bibs on. The so best, I- the best though, that when the you know the fairness came into AFL, they used to put the the ones in the bibs, so you feel a little bit better. Like, <laughs> least, yeah, at least during the jumper, you you know you you're thinking- <laughs> yeah. Or when they put up the teams, yeah. and um, so Pav would look at the teams and go like, all right, uh, white magnets in in jumpers. Every every and then every now and then there'd be a smart ass from the twos team that would be like greens in the jumpers. Come be like, no nah, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Lowy and I were in the twos a lot. The 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 challenge team we used to call because <laughs> we were playing like however who we were, it on. who we were playing the, yeah. that week. So you'd walk out to your positions. You'd be like, I'll be. Play, yeah. we're Carlton this week. I'll be Dill Buckley. Yeah, yeah, no, I was, <laughs> I'll I'll be Crips. Oh please, I remember um, this. So anyway, Lowy's Lowy's in there. And yeah, just a just a scrapper trying to make his way in the AFL, second club, looking for an opportunity. And there's protected species in match simulation. There's not many of them, but one of them is Nat Five. <laughs> and, Fair enough. And the ball spills out to it, and Lowy tackles Fifey, oh, <laughs> and not bad. Like just kind of wraps him up. Ross blows his whistle, <laughs> blows the whistle, everyone stops, and. Just a quizzical look on Ross's face at Lowy, and he just looks. He, he looks at him. He goes, Fife's ball," and threw the ball to Fife. <laughs> <laughs> and Fife, he just got the free. Kick. Like it was not a free kick in one, yeah. one, one chance. Saying, "Don't but touch he, him." It, it, it was just a way of him saying, "Don't touch Nat." <laughs> <laughs> he goes, Fife's ball," and uh, that that was a good one. And was that? Is it true that whistle was bought in because of Alex Silvani? Yeah. Yeah, so the ball used to, so the double whistle would always, as soon as the double whistle would happen, it means stop. Like, even if, play the game as hard as you want until that double whistle goes and everyone stops. Because in a macho AFL environment, in match simulation, blokes can hurt themselves because they're trying to prove they're not exactly. not um, soft. And yeah. Alex Giovanni was the furthest thing from soft in the He's world. pound for pound the toughest player I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, but he life. used to crash packs at training 
until the double whistle came in. It was the Alex Silvani whistle. It was like double whistle, and then everyone would would stop and and pull out. But um, yeah, it, Fifey was. It, it, it was sometimes it was a bit uh, comical when you were part of the challenge team and the ball a bit thrown up, and Sandlands had hit it down. Usually, it hit it straight to one of the A team, and they'd chain it out. And if they wouldn't, we'd somehow get our hands on the ball. The double whistle would go, yeah, and go, go back, Dave, Mund- <laughs> Dave Mundy's ball. <laughs> just like, oh, uh, story of my life, story of my life. <laughs> so yeah, there's some. I could go on for days about him. Um, yeah, he he. he End up sacking Nick Lowell with a year to go on his contract, <laughs> but they now good. They, they actually catch up business colleagues nowadays. And that's what I, I don't want Ross to not. You know, I'm sure he's a big fan of the show, but I don't want him to think <laughs> that we're. I love this guy. Like I genuinely love him. Like I don't. I've never met him. I haven't had the mm. pleasure, and I'd love to get him on the show to have yeah. a chat. Um, we we're all for it. We yeah. you know I think it's a well we've named. I do a radio show in Perth, out of this studio actually. Um, and we named it the Cobbler's Hour after Ross Lyon, who famously quoted that he'll let the cobbles, the cobblers cobble. Um, so, yeah, he, he's. I think he's very aware. He, he knows he's going to alienate a few, and a few don't really like him. Um, but he's, as he says, he's a big boy. He can, he can yeah. cop it. No, I, I love the way about it. Don't change, Ross. Be yourself. Everyone's just taken. <laughs> You're listening to the Dylan Friends podcast. Ellie Fam XX. Mate, I want to talk about finishing up at Freo. Um, a little bit different for us. Both shown the door. It would have been a bit more different to you, seeing as though you were, you know, should have been a Brownlow medalist. Um, some would argue I could have been there as well. Just never got the <laughs> opportunity. Uh, what was that like at that stage for you? What What was the mindset like? Did you think you were prepared? Obviously, you got another mm. opportunity at Gold Coast, but was that always the case? Yeah. So 2016. Um like you mentioned before, we went 2012, 2013, 2014, 2015 playing finals. 12, we kind of just emerged and, and played two finals. 13, played in a grand final. 14 and 15, we were on the edge and just missed the out on grand finals. Finished on top one of those years. The 2015, we finished on top. So I went from playing 22 games in a side that finished on top to um, probably, like, well, Oh, was it nine months later, halfway through the year, the next year, we were zero and ten, and I'd been put out of the team. Yeah, you know, the young guys are starting to get opportunity. I'm out of contract. So within eight or nine months, you, you, your career goes from oh, I've just got to have a good year, the team have a good year, and I'll get a two year extension. And I love it here at Fremantle. Um, you know, got the house, got like good networks, good contacts. Life's good. So 2016 was. Professionally, as a, on, on field, was was challenging, and the career mortality was coming. But it was as settled as I've been off field. So that I think that helps players a lot when you, you're confronted with adversity. But so zero and ten, pretty much by then again, you, you start to read the writing on the wall. If you're getting getting dropped, the club Ross has just signed a four year contract, so he he's got this the safety net. Um, which I don't think he saw out, by the way. <laughs> so that he he had uh, he had the four year contract and and fa- and fairness to him and the club, it was like right, we've had a really good run at it, really good run. It's time now to re- regenerate this list. Um, you know, Pav was Pav retired twenty sixteen in the end. Uh, McFarlane had retired the year before, so there was 
enough of the change in the guard to consider, all right, the next crew coming through is Blakely, Langdon, um, you know, Lockie Weller was there at the time. Like all these guys, like we've got to prioritise these players. So yep. 2016 for me was um, a, a challenge because it, I knew it was essentially I'd be looking at other opportunities and I was playing good enough footy um, that, that to validate that I was going to. Um, so I got dropped, came back, and Ross said, we're going to get you to tag. Mm. And when he, when someone tells you you're going to tag, it's, the end. it's, it's <laughs> yeah. that song plays in your head. What is yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. This is the end. Yeah. Well, Bye, all friend. <laughs> but and I was I was anxious. At, I was hugely anxious about doing that because I was like, oh, this will you know expose On me. On edge. Yeah. Well. I was just, oh. But if, if we went from zero and ten to three and three and ten. Off the back of uh, three, off the back of playing Essendon, who were battling the supplement saga, yeah. <laughs> Brisbane, who were the old Brisbane, and we beat Port Adelaide actually, and and in those three, I, I picked up Zaharakis, uh, Rich, and Gray, and I was pretty happy. Gray tagging him had forty three, kicked two goals, the greatest game I've ever played, and wow. everything went right. Like, in terms of the perfect get, like I was. Nothing ever has gone that right for me on the footy field, and that's not even close. And I was like, that was unbelievable. But still, at this stage, I knew I was going to get, if not traded, delisted. Um, but I was happy now. I was putting in a body of work to validate that I'd have a career going forward. Forty-three and two goals, mm. and you're getting delisted. Yeah, new, oh, mine new, was fair enough, and I was getting <laughs> six and no tackles. You know, but, like. <laughs> I was, I'll tell a story about getting delisted, blokes. Yeah, so, oh, here I am getting. 43 and 2, knowing I'm going to get delisted. Oh, I feel yeah. like I'm probably harshly and, done by. And we were saying this as well. We, you, When you get delisted, mm. I, I, I feel like most guys sort of see you, you can see the writing on the yeah. wall. You're not silly. Well, you, you know with the language around the club, oh, you know, we just need you to work on this. You'll get opportunity. Um, <laughs> yeah, we haven't put a line through yet. That kind of language means you've got you a line through. Yeah, <laughs> see, mate. Uh, so I'm, I think this is around 14, 15. But I, for me, I was thinking, right, at least I've got to put a product out there that other clubs are going to be interested. And my manager was starting to talk to other clubs, which was good. But So we're talking about players not knowing the end was coming. I've got a good friend of mine who I go to the gym with three or four times a week in the morning. Used to play at Fremantle. Had a four-year career, 19 games. And his claim to fame is he got one Brownlow vote. Four years, 19 games. You probably haven't established yourself, son. He's you know out of contract at year's end. The team's going shocking. Um, I don't think that year when the team was going shocking, he might have played three or four games. And to his own admission, he goes, he goes, here I am, like waiting for the manager, you know, into my manager, like when's this contract coming? Goes into his exit meeting, you know, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, thinking, all right, oh, what have I got to work on? Here are my key points. Gonna come work back, on this. run this time. Yeah, <laughs> come back, run this time. Skin folds will be this. Yeah, you know, I won't even. I'm not even going to go to Vegas this year. <laughs> Yeah, I'm putting sacrifices out there so I can come back and be ready to go for you, Frio. So put that three-year deal on the table. Everyone else in the world knows he's getting delisted. <laughs> <laughs> he walks out after a a, a, a a showing of 42nd out of 46 in the best and fairest. He walks out absolutely distraught. And at the time, you wouldn't joke about it with him. But he, he to, his, to his own credit nowadays... Opens up, he goes, mate, I legitimately got sideswiped. 
I got sideswiped by Frio. And with a smile on his face now because he actually... He realised. And he says to me, he goes, how dumb could have I been? He goes, how dumb could have I been not to have known? They've got to delist at least three players. Yeah. Um, probably in a club that was going like the way we were going that year, probably eight. And him to have the nerve to think he was going to, to go... His name was Clayton Hinckley. Well, he is Clayton Hinckley. <laughs> Playing at Uni Blues now, they call him um, Calypso Clado down there because he rocks up in June and July after three or four weeks. He ended up going to Vegas. In Ibiza. Okay, yeah, okay. Uh, so that, that that is the tale of two tapes. I think for me, again, not to go. I was probably playing good enough footy to validate playing AFL footy, so I was putting stuff in place to make sure that I was. And if not, you know, I'd be fairly hard done by. But get get on with it and do something else. Whereas those younger guys, twenty one, twenty two, think. This is the only thing I've done and known, so they're not taking it away from me. Um, yeah, so yeah, twenty. Well, I end up doing my shoulder in twenty sixteen. A couple of weeks after that, so going really well. And this is the equilibrium stuff. So going really well personally. Like I made my way back in the team, starting tagging every week, um, getting a lot of ball myself, and we're playing Geelong. And I was, I think I was just playing mid. I hadn't really played as a pure midfielder for years and years. And there was a few injuries, so I was playing as a pure midfielder. I was getting lots of ball and just enjoying it again. And um, again, one of those moments where I was thinking, I'm back on track, like life's good. When, you know, I'll worry about the end of the year when it comes, but I'll just play out the year and see what happens. First bounce, second half against Geelong at Subi. Ball kind of got swatted out towards um, the edge of the centre square. And I'd started in the centre square, so it's like I was running as hard as I could to get the ball. And there was Link McCarthy from Geelong was coming the other way. And and the week before, I'd been shown a room for improvement clip deal in the meeting that oh, I might yeah. have reached and not oh, gone through the line of the ball. Yeah. So as soon as that ball was halfway between me and Link, I'm thinking in my head, go. I've got to go. And I will go because that room for improvement meet clip that Ross showed me last week, I'm going. There's so, a room for improvement? D- yeah. You improve? Yeah, I improve, but I absolutely... De- uh, uh, but he nearly chopped my arm off in the process. <laughs> Went low, kind of made arm-on-arm contact, and it was just a perfect storm in terms of going his weight going through my shoulder, pushing down. Ended up fracturing my scapula and shoulder blade, and my nerve getting caught in the in the fracture. So, um, as from there, like for three or four months, you know, I'm told I can't, I can't move my arm. So I go from. 90% getting delisted to 100% getting delisted because my arm doesn't work. And, you know, they help you through the process, the club, in terms of shit. Like, you're going to – we'll help you with your rehab. And Dr. Ken Withers, to this, he's a fantastic man. We'll take the call at any time of night, however you're feeling. So I had no guarantee that my arm would regain full movement for two years. So I was in the conundrum where – Jesus. Frio weren't going to get me, uh, take me, and then other clubs would see this injury, and um, yeah, they'd be you know spooked as well, and and could jump off jump off the bandwagon. So that was uh, really yeah, that that was kind of a, a moment of career mortality where um, I had to had to dig deep and have a think about you know what I wanted to do. Um, fortunately, Gold Coast. Um, Came along and took me after probably three or four months of really solid physical therapy and mm. all that. Oh, it's incredible, man. It's incredible mm. stories. It, as you said, you just don't know at those stages, and that's nearly the scariest time is just not knowing. You're listening to the Dylan Friends Podcast. 
Follow Dill at Dill Buckley and at Dylan Friends. You get to Gold Coast, things are going really well there, but then a change of guard, change of coach. We'll sort of fast forward through it a little bit, mm. but it gets to the stage where we, we sort of have chatted about this before, but you get to the stage where we're playing... In Mackay. In Mackay. <laughs> I've just been hit by a truck. Yeah. And it gets to the stage where you think, what's... You know what's happening yeah. here. Like, how was that for you at the end? It's sort of at the end of that sort of journey. Yeah, so uh, that was yeah second year at the Suns. I played essentially the whole year in Neffel, um, so in the twos, and right from the start of the year, you, you, again back to our earlier story about I'd probably had enough mates get sideswiped in their own terms, in their own words, to understand. Okay, you got to know when the when the time's coming, and I'd had the experience at Frio, so I was aware that second year at Suns, new coach again. Um, he's got a three-year platform to, to build his squad. So, you know, on, refle- on reflection, it's you, you, you really understand what he's doing and what the club's doing in terms of prioritising, um, you know, the younger players rather than 30-year-old um, coming off a broken leg the year before. But I felt it's hard to cop. It's still really hard to cop when you when you're you feel like your product's good enough and you're performing at the and Just so you say, like, this is a needful level here, but mm. Mick was getting 50, 60 touches a week at this stage. Mm. So it's sort of, it, it is warranting a bit of a... Yeah, there's it, it's a bit of that, but there was enough. Um, that was hard to rock up, like it, to, to be honest, at times, uh, to, to training, um, to games, and not to sound too too down on things, but the, that was more so probably... 2016, when I was going to get delisted by a free 2018, my life probably wasn't as balanced and as I wasn't probably in as good a headspace mm. um, with with transitioning out of AFL footy and the, and the writing was on the on the wall that it was going to happen from a long way out though. So from essentially from the pre-season when I didn't get pre-season games and was out of the team early and they were prioritising other players, I knew, but you still hang on to that 2%, 1% hope that Oh, look, maybe I can get back in the team, play this role, do this, um, that that I'll get more of an opportunity. So, yeah, there were, there were moments we talked off air about it, you know, going to, playing in the NEFL, going to Darwin to play Northern Territory Thunder. I remember we went with, I think, five listed players, and I was one of them, and then, no joke, you go with the under-16 academy mm. team, just because all the, the regular top-ups were playing in the national championships or something. So you can go you can go from playing in a team where you have 17 or 18 of your, your mates playing that you, you train with every day to blokes you'd... Introducing well, yourself kids, to. Yeah, kids that you're introducing yourself to on the plane and running out on the ground. So it, it it's a it's a, it's a tough, tough way to go out. Um, and But it also taught me so much about kind of... Um, yeah, that equi- we've talked a lot about it, but the equilibrium yeah. of life and how, like right now, I'm so happy. Like life is brilliant. Um, but two years ago, it wasn't going all that well, but it was football that was making me deteriorate a bit. And now I look back on it like it's just a, I was so fortunate to have the career I did and had some really good people help me through that, that year. Michael Riscatelli, Sean Hart, um, the likes. But yeah, I, I think, Knowing, and you'd be the same, I think, that you can't play footy forever and it's something, it's so fun. Mm-hmm. The the existence of being in an AFL environment when it's all going well is the best job in the world. Mm. Yeah, it definitely is. I think that, 
you hit now on the head, but I think like even chatting about it, like it, it got to the stage for me where I was actually loving rocking up to the club and having fun, mm. but it was the actual two hours on the pitch that I was dreading. Yeah. And that's when I was like, look, this is the best job in the world, but if I'm not here for the right reasons, mm. like I shouldn't be being here. Like I was literally going to games, just being like, how can I get out of this? Mm. Like, can I just say I did my hammy in the warm up? Yeah. Like I was like, there's got to be a way that I can just not play today. Yeah. And when I was injured, I was like, shit, that's another injury, but at least I don't have to play for like six weeks. Yeah, like, which it shouldn't play. be like that, should it? In terms of, now I, I play at Werribee and I, I have fun. Um, helps I'm the coach and I do the edits. <laughs> so, yeah. and you don't put your own up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I try and show some vulnerability at times still, and tell them I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the golden goose. But there's more. Like I've got more purpose, I suppose, in my footy now and life in terms of helping others and, and coaching others. But yeah, you're dead right. It's it can and and I'm very aware, as I think you would be very aware of those players. Like heading into this season, we'll watch teams and oh, I being involved in the media now, I know players on lists that. You feel for that, that that might be playing twos, probably like oh, Jared Roughhead last year. You know that his his career mortality. Does, it's not the way anyone wants to end. I think probably five percent of players end the way they want to end. You know, getting yeah. chaired off after a, a two hundred fifty game career, and um, you know the whole. F- In a way, I did get chaired off at McCoy. You got chaired <laughs> off at McCoy, and but you wouldn't you wouldn't take no for an answer. You came back. No, I didn't come back on. Night. Not that night. Oh, no, no way. But you may, I played in, against you in the Needful later that year. Yeah, they were, they were send-off <laughs> games. Yeah. <laughs> they were just, they were... I remember we played uh, at uh, Spotless. Literally, there was uh, Lloyd? Daniel Lloyd? Daniel Lloyd, yeah. Daniel Lloyd. He had 15 mates there on the piss. That was it. That was it. That was it. That was it. <laughs> no, I don't know. And it was great. To be, to be honest, I sort of... You know, people were saying, oh, how are these guys going to play with coronavirus? Like, mate, I've done it. <laughs> It's not that bad, you know. Like it's it's all good. You, you, you can the actually, game goes on. If you're open, you yeah. get used because your teammate can hear you. You can hear him. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> See, that's why Lockie Whitfield signed a seven-year contract. So he's not going to flap his wings at the MCG in front of ninety thousand and get used all the time, is he? Yeah. <laughs> okay. All due respect to Lockie. Yeah, great player. God, he's a sensational player. Um, Has he been on the podcast? No, nah, he's too good for the podcast. Ah, uh, no, nah, actually, no. He hasn't, he hasn't nearly won a Brownlow yet, so maybe then. Yeah. Or not, nor does he bowl leg spin for Australia, 34 podcasts. No, he doesn't. I get some great guests on this show. Mm. You're one of them. Yeah. A bit later than we expected, yeah, but you're on right. it. And there's such a wealth of knowledge in your brain. And there's one thing I like to learn. I like to learn off you. Mm. And I ask you, I've, I've, hopefully you've done some research, but what's your motto? What's your, what's your life motto? What's your... Life motto. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think we've talked. <laughs> what was the question again? <laughs> what do you live by? What's your life yeah. motto? Uh, I think I've learnt, and being 32, I've got so much time and room to, to move and, and learn clearly, but that we've talked at nauseam about in terms of the equilibrium, so that not to get carried away when you're feeling brilliant. And my life at the moment is going, like, I'm very fulfilled in, in, in what I'm doing. Um. You can have lulls, you can have ups, but I'm always trying to make sure I'm I'm centering myself to that to that equilibrium, I suppose, of of, of how I feel. Um, and also, I find it important to find the two or three people in your life. I've had some great support in my life from family, friends, um, you know, mentors. Always, when you're feeling that low period, it's I've been taught it's all right to vent, but you've got to vent in the right 
areas, probably talking about the 2018 season at the Suns, I probably had moments where my body language and attitude was um, too visible to, to the masses, to the, to the club. Um, and later that year and, and since I've been able to learn, okay, when you're not feeling the best, find a couple of confidants and just let it all out. Bad mouth whoever you want because you, you, you've got a trusting ear and then they'll realign you and then a couple of days later you'll be able to reflect and the person you might have been bad mouthing might be your best mate. And you're like, oh, mm. I was, um, oh, I'm glad I got that off my chest. On reflection, I was, um, there's some there's some valid points, but on a, on a whole, there's, there's more to this story. If that's kind of making sense, that find people that you can vent to when you're not yeah, feeling definitely. great. And when you're feeling, when you are feeling good and up and about, um, yeah, just calm yourself at times and, and not get too carried away. Because I think that can happen in the AFL system when, you know, the euphoria of the identity at times can can overwhelm yeah. um, individuals. Yeah, definitely. I, I couldn't agree more. I think I can definitely relate to, to that. And being an excitable person, a bit like yourself, mm. when things are going good, you want it you're good and you're, you're up yeah. and about. But when I was younger and I crashed, I was you know I wouldn't speak to anyone. But, yeah. you know, you sit there and you might brand like a sack of crap. And I'll, mm. I'll never forget a life lesson very similar to that that bolts Brennan Bolton, one of the best teachers I've ever experienced. He taught me so much. I've heard this. He said to me, one day he pulled me aside with just me and him, and we had this chat, and it just relates to this, that's why I'm bringing it up. He said, um, how's the club going at the moment? He goes, you know, you get along with all the boys, you're the, center, you know, you're the guy that everyone loves. I was like, oh, yeah, no shit. Um, and he goes, what's it like? I was like, oh, it's, it's good, mate. And he goes, no, no, come on, tell me what's, what's going on. And at this stage, I was frustrated too. I wasn't yeah. playing. I was on the way out. And he goes, I'm like, look, mate, to be honest, everyone's pretty pissed off. Like, you know, you, you're, you're doing this, you're saying this, you're doing other things. All the older boys aren't getting a go. You're favouriting all these young kids. All these guys are angry. You know, we're all, you know, a bit like this. And he goes, why do you reckon they're telling you that? And I was like, what? He goes, why do you reckon they're coming to you with those negative things? And they said, would they go to Mark Murphy and say that? And I was like, no, nah, probably not. They're like, would they go to Paddy Cripps and say that? I was like, oh, probably not. They're like, they're coming to you because they know you're going to agree with them. And I'll never, like, forget. It was like someone punched me in the face. Yeah. It was like he's he knew, like, it was like I'm being negative so that I'm attracting negative people yes, that are going to yeah. say negative things. Yeah. And I was like oh, my God, you've just played me there. Like, that was incredible. You've just totally got me. And I swore to that day, I was like, I'll never bitch to someone because if I bitch to someone, it's just creating that thing. And if someone comes and bitches to me... The gossip and the the whole way... As I said, I think it's important to have people where you can... And more so off away... Footy club environments, for example, you know, might have one good mate at the footy club where you can go for coffee and just be like, let's get it Mm. out. But, yeah, you're right. As soon as it becomes three or four on a bus to and I've, I've been victim of it on a bus to play Aspley in mm. Brisbane yeah it's um, yeah, bad mouth and the, the hierarchy above yeah because we're playing twos exactly. and at, at the end of the day 46 doesn't go into 22 um, no so that's uh, that's spot on that's that's brilliant thanks Bolt mm. but no you're right mate stay positive I love it um, Mick it's been great thanks mate, so much for coming on the show thanks for having me I was just we're looking forward to putting this still on Friends T-shirt on. You got the T-shirt. And the hats have sold out. Hats are sold out at the moment. So I will get you one. I know you're in need of one. I am too. Why? Um, No, nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Good one to finish. Good work. See you, Mick. See you, mate.
Thanks for listening to the Dylan Friends podcast. The show is produced by Dylan Buckley and Luca Ganano. Richard Stansbury looks after the audio and editing. Samuel Kenny Creative is responsible for branding and graphic design. And the show is recorded at 3AW Studios, Collins Street, Melbourne. If you would like to contact my son, head to dylanfriends.com or look me up in the white pages and I'll pass it on. KO's got you covered this footy season with every game of every round live and ad break free during play. Wow, in the AFL this week, there are some huge games. Collingwood versus Adelaide, live with no ad breaks during play, exclusive in Victoria. Giants versus Bulldogs. Oh, I remember that game. I think it was 2016 at Giants Stadium to get the Bulldogs into the grand final. I will never forget that one. Live with no ad breaks free during play, exclusive in Victoria. And Essendon versus North Melbourne. Geez, that's the old Ben McKay Cup. Exclusive to Fox Footy, available on KO. Don't forget those NBA playoffs. They are dominating at the moment. It is just getting bigger and better than ever. Watch every game of both Eastern and Western Conferences finals live with ESPN on KO. There's plenty of room for everyone, no matter what you want to watch. So get on board with KO, now also available on Hubble.